Amen. So it's a time to hear from God's word. I want to share something uh, with you that God's been dealing with me this past week and I believe this will be a helpful one for you. Amen. You know, I say this statement week after week. The reason I say this, I be, God's word is helpful. It changes us and transforms us. So I believe as I share with you, this will give you some practical insight on how to live life. Now, most of you might have seen the invite that, we, uh, that I sent out. Uh, on the invite, you've, you might have seen a title called Living with a Purpose. It's such an important thing. I remember years ago when we had a meeting, there was a, a, a lady who was a manager at a very, an MNC company and she wrote a prayer request. And her prayer request was like this. She said, please pray so that I can find my purpose in life. You know, finding a purpose in life is one of the hot topics. If you, if you go to the internet and do a search, there are so many guides of helping you on how to find your purpose. Now, this is what I believe. You know, finding your purpose is quite easy. It's quite easy. It's not that difficult. But living in your purpose every day is quite tough. Can I say that again? Finding your purpose is quite easy. You can figure that out soon. But living in your purpose every single day is quite a task. And I want to share that with you on how we can live in the purpose that God has given us. You know, one of the reasons I want to share this with you is that I believe many of you here know what your purpose is. But I believe somewhere along the way you might have missed that purpose. Somewhere along the way you might have lost sight of that purpose. I believe as I share this word with you, God will help you rekindle that purpose, those goals in your heart so that you can follow him passionately. Because, you know, following Jesus is not just a random thing. It's not like going with the flow. There are times you have to go against the flow. I, you know, just looking back at Encounter Fest, if I had to go with the flow, you know, if I really had to go with the flow, then none of these things would be hanging here. These lights wouldn't be possible at all. Because what happened is there was a small miscommunication between me and the dealer. I told him something and I didn't do it. Actually, it was my fault. And it so happened that he didn't place the order and the lights didn't arrive on that day. And I was scratching my head. I was like, God, what do I do now? Where do I go? But, you know, and during that time, you know, one thought that came to me was, okay, just let's, you know, let's do it simple this time. You know, let's, uh, let's just manage it with whatever we have. But deep inside my heart, I was like, no, I've determined to do this. I've got to do it. See, we cannot live and go with the flow all the time. We sometimes have to go against the flow. Everything, everybody will be saying one word to you, but you have to go against it and accomplish the task that God has given us. That's the Christian life. It's not going with the flow. Many times it's going against the flow. I've shared this story many, many, many times. You know, when I wanted to come to Mangalore, so many people discouraged me. Like almost 90% of them is like, oh, there's so much of persecution there. There's so much of, uh, uh, you know, religious persecution there. How, what, do you, what do you want to do there? And some of them were like, you're leave, leaving such a big city like Bangalore and moving to Bangalore. Why? Why can't you do something else? You see, when God calls you for a purpose, your Christian life is meant to go against the flow. It's meant to, live, meant to be lived in God's ways and not in man's ways. And if you think of a man's plan, it is always against God's plan. If we, and so if we listen to a man's plan, we will always miss the purpose 
that God has for us. And so I believe it is very important for all of us to live in God's purpose. Amen? Amen. Are you with me this morning? Yes? Let's turn our Bibles to Philippians chapter 3 verse 12. We're going to read up to verse 14. This is a passage that talks about Paul's life and how he held on to the purpose that God had given him. Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 to 14. Um, just an announcement. You may not find our today's verses on the YouVersion Bible app. Um, this, the projector started, okay, it's not looking that great. But it, can you read at least something? Okay, we'll, we'll make things better as we go on. Okay, so let's turn to Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 to 14. This is an important passage where Paul describes about his life. Talks about his goals, his passions and his purpose. If you're there, I want to read this verse for you. Philippians chapter 3 verse 12. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Amen. So as we look at this verse, Paul is saying, I press on. Verse 13, verse, sorry, verse 12, he's saying, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And as we meditate on this passage this morning, it answers questions about why Paul did what he did. In other words, it answers the questions about purpose. You know, for the past couple of days, God has been stirring my heart, you know, about my goals, about my purpose that he has put in me. And I've been thinking to myself, you know, I, I preach, I teach almost every other week, I conduct services. And so God's been stirring my heart to check, you know, what are my goals? What are my purpose behind everything that I do? You know, so as I began to think and meditate on this, as I was preparing the service, preparing for the service, God put this word in my heart and I want to share it with you this morning. The, the reason why I want to share with you is this, because God calls us to live a life with purpose. He wants us to live life with a goal. The reason God created us and saved us is to live with a purpose. Jeremiah 29 11. How many of you know that verse by heart? For I know the plans. Now God didn't make us as random creations. You know, the, the, the atheistic world may say, oh we are by chance. Something melted and something formed and here we are. Intelligent creatures. No. God made us not as random people but people with a plan. Each one of you sitting here. Vaishak, Karin, you know, Jocelyn, Aishwarya, yeah. you know, it's weird. Sometimes when you get on stage, you forget the names. <laughs> when you get off stage, you remember everybody's name. So Aishwarya, yeah, Sanal, you know, Pradeep, Dishan, everybody, you've been created with a purpose, with a plan. And Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know, what is it? The plans that I have for you. In other words, God himself has a plan for us. He has a purpose for you. 
And what God desires for each one of us is to live in that purpose. God desires for us to live a life where we'll accomplish the purpose that he has created us for. So when Paul writes this uh, chapter to the church at Philippi, you know in chapter 3, Paul you know, blows trumpets about his own life. Just talks about his own life and who he is. And he beautifully ends this chapter as he goes down to verse 12 and onwards. He says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. What he's saying here is this. I want to take hold of that very reason why God took hold of him. You know, we know the story of Paul. He was on the way to Damascus. Was he going on a vacation? No. <laughs> what was he going to do? He was going to kill people. He was going to persecute the church. He wanted to destroy the church. While he was, he was on the way to Damascus, he saw a great light from heaven. Jesus speaks to him saying, Paul, Paul, why do you persecute me? And he's like, who are you, Lord? And he says, it is Jesus whom you are persecuting him. Paul was stuck by the great light and his life transformed forever. And, and if you look at the life of Paul, now when he writes the book of Philippians, he's, by now he is 27 years into the ministry. And he's writing this statement saying, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me when I was on the way to Damascus. In other words, he lived with the thought that I want to accomplish God's purpose. I want to accomplish the purpose for which Jesus met me on the way to Damascus. Can I tell you something? You were saved not because, you know, it was just thrown to you. No. You were saved for a purpose. You and I were saved for a purpose. We're not just saved so that we can live the good life, we can enjoy the luxuries of the world and then get to heaven. No, we were saved for a purpose. And so Paul understood this. If God saved me, then there is a purpose. If God rescued me from the darkness, there is a purpose. And now I take hold of that purpose. Now what I'm doing is I'm running towards that purpose so that I can accomplish it. You see, every time Paul thought about life, he didn't think of life as, what can I do today? Or what can I do tomorrow? He always thought about the goal and took an action today. You see, many times we just survive on a daily basis. We do something today and we will hope something better will happen tomorrow. That's all. That is why life every day becomes a struggle. But you look at the life of Paul, he went through persecutions. People beat him. They stoned him. They put him in prison. But nothing stopped him because his eyes was always set on the goal. He didn't live for tomorrow. He lived to accomplish that purpose. He lived a life with purpose. That is why persecution didn't stop him. You know, let me say this. If we were to go through 5% of what Paul had to go through, <laughs> I don't know where we might be today. Literally, you know, if we were to go through just 5% of the persecution, the suffering, the pain that Paul went through, we wouldn't be standing. And you know, as I study the life of Paul, I, I, I think to myself, you know, how did this man survive? It's like, you know, there's one incident where they throw stones at him. This man's half dead and they leave him and go away. He wakes up, goes back into the city. No emergency services, no ambulance, no casualty, no doctors to take care of him. This man's wounded. 
Imagine getting pelted with stones, not, not the small stones that you find on the road. But these people were mobs. They wanted to destroy Paul. They beat him, flogged him five times, put him in a jail cell, tied his legs, his hands. But nothing stopped him. Why? I wondered why, you know, why is Paul, why was Paul the way he was? What made him to be the man he was? And I understood it was because he lived with a purpose. He understood that when I live with a purpose, even the challenges I face today will lead me to that purpose. It is not about what I face today. It is all about accomplishing that goal. It's all about living that purpose. It's all about that purpose. So what I go through today doesn't matter because if I get to the purpose, then I'll get to be with Jesus forever. It is all about fulfilling that purpose in his life. You see, if you, learn, if you learn to live with that purpose, if you learn to live your life in that purpose, nothing can stop you. People's word will not put you down. People's action will not destroy your faith. If you learn to live your life with purpose, then nothing can separate you from the love of God. Many times we grow in our faith and then we take 10 steps back. Somebody would have said something to us and they'd be like, why did they say something? They're also Christians. Can't they keep their mouth shut? Can't they control their tongue? We know, we think of 101 things. But if we live with a purpose, no matter what comes our way, we will think, you know what, this doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to be bothered about how people criticize me. All I'm bothered about is how I can live for Jesus. Amen. So, we are called to live with a purpose. We are called to live with a purpose so that we can fulfill what God has in store for us. So, quickly I want to talk about what is purpose and then talk about what is living with a purpose mean. So, the purpose is basically the task that God has given to you to accomplish while you are on this earth. And now that is the main reason why God saved you. If God saved me, he has a purpose. You know, when God saved me, I didn't know much. I wasn't fully aware that I will be running a church one day. But this is the purpose in which God is leading me. He saved me so that I can lead other people closer to Christ. It's the same way with you. You know, you don't have to be a pastor to live in that purpose. If you are in the medical field, if you are into the allied science field, if you are into media, if you are into any field, any field, you have a purpose and God has put you there to fulfill that purpose. And so every day as you work, every day as you, you know, serve in your field, you have to think of working in a way that glorifies God. In other words, what you have to do is you have to show excellence in everything you do. And people will come and ask you, how is it that your work is so good? And then you can tell them about Jesus. You have to take care of people, you know, the patients and, and people that you meet in such a way that you will exemplify, you will show the life of Christ, the compassion of Christ. And people will come, to, come and ask you, how? And then you can tell them about Jesus. So everything that we do, there is a purpose, there is a plan. And I believe none of you are where you are without, by, by an accident. You are there for a purpose and so we have to live in that purpose we have to be aware of that that everything that i do has to glorify god so living with a purpose means this serving god every day with a mindset of fulfilling that purpose serving god every day with a mindset of fulfilling that purpose 
You see, the biggest thing that the enemy attacks, as we're talking about spiritual warfare, I want you to understand this. The biggest thing that the enemy attacks is our purpose. And I've experienced that so many times. See, the problem is not that we do not know our purpose, but it is that we actually keep forgetting it and losing a side of it over time. Now, this is exactly what the enemy wants. Because if we do not have a purpose, we will be clueless. We will not be motivated. That is why sometimes we wake up in the morning, we don't, we're not motivated to do anything. Not motivated. We don't feel like going to work that day. We don't feel like doing anything that day. Why? Because the enemy keeps, you know, destroying that purpose so that we will not be motivated. If we do not have a purpose, we won't have the excitement to accomplish that task. And so, as we look at the scriptures, it encourages us to live with that purpose. Live with the purpose for which God has called us. You see, you look at a dead leaf. The dead leaf moves wherever the wind blows. If the wind blows from the east towards the west, the, the leaf also moves. It has no trouble. But you look at a leaf that is still part of a branch. No matter how hard the wind might blow, the leaf will never go away anywhere. It will just stay there. Why? Because it is grounded on something solid. So think of a dead leaf as a life without purpose. And a fresh leaf, a green one, as a life with purpose. You see, when your life is with purpose, nothing can shake you. Just think of what is a leaf's purpose. To give shade, you know, to give covering for people who come underneath it. As, you know, all the leaves gather together, they can provide good shade, right? The same way we are called to live with a purpose. And if we live with a purpose, we, we will be grounded on something solid. But if there is no purpose in our life, if we lose sight of our purpose, then imagine you're like this green leaf that withers, falls to the ground. The moment it falls to the ground, it has no connection anywhere. Wherever the wind blows, you keep moving, you keep moving, you keep moving. That's exactly what the enemy wants from your life. What he expects that, you know, when trouble comes, he will run to one side. When another trouble comes, he'll run from one side to another side. That's all he expects and he wants you to live a life without purpose. But as we look at God's word, it encourages us to press on towards that purpose. To take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of us. Amen. So how do we live in that purpose? How do we press on and how do we live in that purpose? Let's go back to Philippians chapter 3 verse 12. Are you with me this morning? Yes? Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes? So, Philippians chapter 3 verse 12. How do we live with a purpose? It contains some key instructions on how we can live with a purpose. See, one of the key words that you'll find in that verse, verse 12, is the word press on. Paul says, I press on to take a hold of the reason for which Jesus took hold of me. So, the word press on there means to strive for something. Going after something to win it. It's like running in a race to win it. I used to participate in, uh, you know, in, in running races just to participate. Just so that I don't feel embarrassed, you know. Because I don't want people to say that, oh, this guy doesn't participate in anything. <laughs> I would just participate for the sake of being there. But the word press on is running or striving so that you can catch hold of it. 
in other words it gives us this thought that no matter how challenging it is you're running to win the prize you're running to take hold of that purpose you're pressing on to fulfill that goal if you observe carefully paul's goal was to fulfill his purpose no matter what happens he wanted to fulfill that purpose why do i say that the book of philippians was written from a jail cell now paul is saying i'm, I'm pressing on to take hold of that for which christ jesus took hold of me now can this man get out of the jail cell no but his mind was always set on accomplishing that purpose even the jail cell didn't seem like a boundary to him that he writes letters from the jails jail cell that inspires people for generations to come so he's saying i press on to take hold of that because his mind was fully set on accomplishing that purpose so the question is this how do we press on how do we live in that purpose how can i strive to accomplish my purpose there are three things i want to share with you i want you to take notes and you come along with me as i explain this to you so how do we live in that purpose the first point is this stay disciplined the first point is this stay disciplined now first corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 says like this in fact you can read the verse from uh, marked on verse from uh, verse 24 25 26 and 27 all the four verses beautiful verse he talks about running towards the goal accomplishing and winning the prize can somebody read first corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 Okay, let me read it for you. First Corinthians chapter nine verse twenty-four. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Verse twenty-five. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training, and they do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Verse 26 Paul says therefore i do not run like someone running aimlessly i do not fight like a boxer beating the air verse 27 no i strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after i have preached to others i myself will not be disqualified for the prize you see the most important thing that he is touching on in this passage is self discipline He's saying if you want to accomplish your purpose if you want to accomplish the calling that God has given you the most important thing that you have to do is you have to stay disciplined so there are two parts of discipline to this one is discipline the body and then discipline the mind if you look at life the life of paul he trained his his body in such a way that it will wake up when he wants to wake up and the body will go to sleep when he wants to sleep you see the biggest trouble that our generation faces today is that we don't sleep when we have to sleep we don't wake up when we have to wake up that's that's a huge problem it's like we don't know when we will sleep neither will we know when we will wake up paul trained himself in such a way that his body will fall asleep at a certain time and he'll wake up at a certain time You see if we don't self discipline us if we don't discipline ourselves we cannot live with that purpose 
because there is a task for everything you know there's there's a time to do every task we cannot wake up at the time when we want and we cannot do what we want at the time when we want if you have to have breakfast there's a time for that there's 8:30 not 11:30 hallelujah you know when when you want to have dinner it's there's a set time for that a set time where your body will work well with the dinner that the food that you send down into your stomach but if you were to eat food at 1:30 in the night 2:30 in the night and expect your body to be healthy something is going to go wrong paul say, says like this do you not know if that in a race all runners run but only one gets the prize now who is that that gets the prize it is the one who disciplines himself you see if we don't discipline ourselves sooner or later we are going to face a danger that will put our whole life it'll it'll just break our whole life apart i can tell you you know being in ministry serving the lord full time discipline is what god expects i can tell you that by experience now if i don't wake up in the morning at a certain time at a set time then i know that the, that the whole day will be a struggle why because god expect me to me to be disciplined pray at a certain time start working at a certain time and if i don't do it i know my master the lord is not going to be happy with it god expects discipline from each one of us and if we do not have the discipline we cannot live in that purpose that is why you know in verse 27 paul says like this i want you to read this verse slowly verse 27 he says i strike a blow to my body and make it my slave what is what is he saying i strike a blow to my body and make it a slave so that i will not go on facebook late in the night i strike a blow to my body make it my slave so that i won't keep swiping the statuses on whatsapp see what others are up to there is a discipline that we have to form in ourselves to live in that purpose and this discipline is not something that will come when you're praying all of a sudden it will come down on you supernaturally no paul sets life as an athlete you look at an athlete usain bolt you know he he runs 100 meters in in how many seconds 9 9.5 seconds it's like it'll take me 9 seconds to get to the end of the hall this man's fast why he has trained himself so that he can reach the goal and the, anybody who's running the race will not be looking at what the other person is doing when he starts the race it's all about hitting that goal and to hit that goal we need discipline we need to train ourselves in such a way so that we can live in that purpose and paul says see i strike a blow to my body and i make it my slave so that after i have preached to others i myself will not be disqualified let me say this statement you know it's so easy to counsel others i counsel people all the time it's so easy and then when it comes to put into practice sometimes you know i think to myself oh i just counsel somebody about this and now i'm not doing it Paul says I strike a blow to my body so that after I have preached I may not be disqualified in other words he's talking about a discipline that we have to form in ourselves that's a discipline of the body and second is the discipline of the mind see he he had trained his mind in such a way that he will think only what is necessary the biggest reason why we struggle today is that we struggle with a lot of unnecessary thoughts can i say that again the biggest reason why our mind is so occupied 
why we are not able to get the subject into our mind is because our mind is filled with unnecessary thoughts. And for many of us, mind is a battlefield. Constantly we are waging imaginary battles, thinking of conversations that never happen in reality, thinking of situations that do not happen at all. We just think of it, think of it, think of it, and by the time we realize it's six o'clock in the evening. And then we tell ourselves, okay, time for tea. We go for tea, we take a sip of tea, that's it, back to our imaginary world. We think, 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 by the time it's nine o'clock, we eat dinner on Facebook, back to sleep. Discipline the mind. It's so important, it's so important. Paul says, I strike a blow to my body so that, and make it my slave. In verse 26 he says, therefore I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating in the air. Now imagine if you were to watch the WWE wrestling match and they announce, you know, this person is coming into the ring, everything and the fight begins, there's no opponent and this man starts beating in the air. Start moving in the air. Will it be a fight worth watching? That should be a goal. And he's saying, I'm not like a boxer who's fighting in the air. I'm not running aimlessly. He's saying, I'm running to win a crown that will last forever. See, when we discipline our body and train our mind to think in a way that is godly, excellent, pure and holy. That is why in Philippians, Paul says, he tells the church, listen, think of what is good. We literally have to train our mind to think of what is good. If you have to live in the purpose that God has given you, Think of what is good. I remember in the uh, uh, end of December, I was just thinking of too many things, unnecessary things. And literally, I would spend a couple of hours in the day just thinking of why did this person say that? Why did this person treat like this? Why did this person have to say this to me? I would literally spend time thinking of it. And you know what it does? You know where it leads me? I cannot read the Bible after that. If I think unnecessarily, if I have unnecessary thoughts in my mind, where it affects me is my purpose. You see, if I cannot read the Bible, can I preach? No. You see where it hits you? It doesn't hit the person that you're thinking about, it hits your own purpose. And so it is very important to discipline the mind so that we are running with the aim, running with the goal. So the most important thing that we have to do in living with a purpose is we have to discipline ourselves. And I tell you, most of you are young people here, all of you are young people here, and this is the age where you can cultivate such habits. You hit 35, 36, or go on to 40, it's really difficult, really difficult to discipline yourself because you'll get used to so many habits that you'll be afraid to come out of those habits. Sometimes you ask people, hey, do you want to get saved? Do you want to know Jesus? They'll be like, no, I'm happy with the pub that I'm going to. I'm happy with the life that I have. Why? Because they don't want to come out of the life that they're living. But at this age, you can change yourself. You can transform yourself. You can shape your mind. You can discipline yourself so that you can live with the purpose. How many of you say, I want to train, discipline my body? I want to discipline my mind. Amen. Let, you know, just keep your hands lifted. I'm going to say a word of prayer. Father, I pray that all these hands that I've lifted up, that you would help them discipline their mind, discipline their body, so that they will live with a purpose, Master. In Jesus' name. Amen. The second thing is this. 
How do we live with a purpose? How do we strive? How do we press on? The second point is this. Fight the good fight of faith. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Now this is a very common statement that you will find in, in Paul's epistles. He says like this in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. See, if we have to, have, if we have to live our life with a purpose, we have to fight the good fight of faith. Now, what, what does this phrase mean, fight the good fight of faith? It basically means this, stay loyal to God. Stay loyal to God. That's what it, it simply means. So, so when Paul is writing to Timothy, he's saying, fight the good fight of faith. In other words, he's saying, Timothy, stay loyal to God. The reason why he says, fight, he could have said, just walk in God's ways. The reason why he says, fight, is, that, is, is because going in God's way is always going against the flow of the world. Can I say that again? Going in God's way is always going against the flow of the world. Now, if you have to go against the flow of the world, there's a fight. In other words, what Paul is telling Timothy is that you have to have the mindset of a soldier. Our mindset of a soldier, that means he won't back down until the task is finished. He will do what the army officer tells him to do. Like the commander gives him a command, he will fulfill that command. That's his goal. So Paul tells him this, you know, fight the good fight of faith. In other words, be loyal to God like a good soldier. You know, when I was ordained into ministry, uh, I was preaching, you know, sorry, I was, I was translating the preacher. So there was this main pastor who was ordaining us into ministry. And uh, this pastor spoke in, in Tamil and I had to translate into English. And so, you know, I, I get to hear the sermon, the verse first before I translate it. So he, he opened up this key verse in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 3. Can somebody read that verse? Second Timothy chapter two verse three. Amen. Join with me in suffering. <laughs> like what? A good soldier of Christ Jesus. So I was there, you know, I was translating. I read this verse and I was smiling to myself. I didn't show it in public. Thinking this is what we are called to live. It's not a life that is rosy. A life that is all, you know, luxurious and enjoy the pleasures of the world. See, God will give us joy. That is very different. It's not the world, the joy the world gives. The joy the world gives is, you know, you go get something materialistic. Enjoy in that. You know, go hang out with your friends. Enjoy in that. You know, that's not the kind of joy God wants to give you. He wants to give you everlasting joy. That joy is different. So, as we look at this verse, Paul says, join with me in suffering like who? Good soldier. What are we called to be? Not civilians. Called to be good soldiers who fight for the faith. And, and what does that mean? You know, when, when the world comes to us with one kind of opinion, saying, hey, live life this way. You know, somebody told me this, that it's okay, just relax. You know, we know you're a pastor, just relax. Have a few, you know, drinks, that's it's fine. Just wind down a little bit. I'm a good soldier. No matter what temptation people will bring to me, 
no matter what the world will say to me, I'm going to fight to stay loyal to God. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to punch them on their face. That doesn't mean that. What it means is that though temptation will come, I will resist it like a soldier because I have a command from the Lord to stay pure. And if I live with a soldier, with the mindset of a soldier, then I can fulfill my purpose. Fulfill my purpose. If, the, if God gives me a command, I will accomplish it. If he is calling me to live a life of holiness, I will fight the fight of good faith. No matter what the world throws at me, I will still say, I will follow Jesus. Amen. Paul says, fight the good fight. Fight. Good fight of faith. Stay loyal to God. Paul gets to the end of his life and, and he talks about in 2 Timothy. He says, I have fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. In other words, he says, you know, he shows his life as an example. He says, Timothy, listen, I have fought that fight. I've kept the faith. And now my life, now there's a crown of righteousness, righteousness in store for me. He's saying, I've got to the end of my life. I've fought that fight. I've kept my faith. And it is possible. Sometimes, you know, we think, oh, how can we manage it in this world? How can we do this? Because the world is so tempting. Its ways are so tempting. No. We can still live that life if we live with the mindset of a soldier. Understand this church. See, none of you are called to be like a civilian, somebody who's like a spectator listening to the news. We are called to be in the battlefield, fight the good fight of faith to stay loyal to God. That we will go against the ways of the world. The world will say, oh, this is, we are very progressive, very open-minded. There are a lot of things I can talk about, but I'll keep it for the Bible study session. It'll say, you know, we are very open-minded. The Bible says no. What the Bible says is truth, and we have to follow it. No matter what the world brings it to us, we have to live with the mindset of a soldier. The last point is this, and I, and I really love this one. Um, in Philippians chapter 3, verse, verse 13. In the second part of this verse, I'm going to take that point from the second part of this verse but I'll read the full verse for you brothers and sisters I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining can we can we all mark down that line straining toward what is ahead the third point is this if you have to live your life with a purpose if you have to live a life with a purpose you have to strain towards the goal now what is Paul saying here? Look, he's saying, forgetting what is behind and then I'm straining towards what is ahead. Was it a walk of walk that was easy? Was he, was, you know, was he escorted by 10 other people, ushered into the presence of the purpose? No. And for him, living in his purpose was straining towards it. Which means there's, there's 101 things pulling me back, but I'm still straining towards the goal. If you have to live life with that purpose, you have to understand that sometimes that walk is going to be difficult. It's not going to be impossible, but it's going to be difficult. It'll take all the effort that you have, still walk ahead with faith. It's going to take all the effort that you have in your body. You have to strain towards the goal. And that is why we see, you know, the, the success of this man's life was that he strained towards what is ahead. God helped him. God strengthened him in so many ways. But this, this is talking about bodily discipline, how we have to, you know, keep ourselves. 
And Paul is saying, I strain towards what is ahead. You see, many times I hear news of you know, people doing some mistake that they are not supposed to do and then they blame it on the devil. Or the enemy tricked me into this. The, the devil deceived me. You see, if you're not alert, the enemy will do anything he wants with you. Paul says, I am straining towards the goal. In other words, man, it's really tough. It's really tough to get through one day, but I'm straining towards the goal. His eyes were set on the goal that no matter how difficult it was, he still said, I will run towards the goal. Look at the life of this man. He was one of the best scholars of the time, learned under the feet of one of the best teachers, Gamaliel, a very wealthy man. But when he came to Christ, he says, I consider everything garbage for the sake of knowing Christ. He writes, goes on to write in the same chapter, verse 13, saying, I strain towards what is ahead of me. If we have to live life with purpose, we have to strain towards the goal. Your medical profession might be difficult. Media work might be difficult, the business that you're doing, uh, the, the physiotherapy studies, allied science study, it might be difficult. But if God has given you that, strain towards it. March on like a good soldier. Don't just do it so that you can get through and somehow get some passing marks. Somehow get some passing marks. You see, that's the mistake I made in Bible college. I was, I was one of the best students, but I never put my best in the exams. I was like, who cares about exams? Who cares about exams? I was one of the best, uh, really good research papers, but I, I, some areas I just gave up. I said, why, would I, why should I put more effort? And look back today and I, and I think to myself, and even my friends tell me, listen, you could have been the academic award winner. You could have been the best student, but I didn't put effort. And I look back and I regret that today because there was one point in my life I failed to be the best in what God has given me. If God has called you to something, Business, medical studies, media, anything. Just remember, put your best. Live like a soldier. Accomplish the task like a soldier. Be victorious like a soldier. Because you're not called to be a civilian, but you're called to live with a purpose. You ask a soldier what his purpose is. He will tell you, my purpose is to serve my country, protect my borders. And what is your purpose as a soldier is to glorify God, is to fulfill his purpose. Live like a soldier to accomplish that purpose and then you will be able to live with a purpose you see living with a purpose is such a glorious life if you do not if you do not have purpose you will not be motivated at all but when you live life with a purpose you will become an unstoppable force for God Acts chapter 4 verse 20 says like this can we turn to that passage Acts chapter 4 verse 20 the apostles say, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Acts chapter 4 verse 20. For we cannot speak, for we cannot help but speak about what we have seen and heard. See, what, what, what the apostles are saying is when, when people came to oppose them, saying, hey, listen, don't preach the gospel. Don't, don't, don't speak about Jesus to people. It's, it's not a good thing. The apostles are saying, listen, we cannot help but speak about what we have seen and heard. In other words, they had a purpose that I have to preach about Jesus. I have to proclaim the good news. The purpose was so strong in them that when people came to oppose them, said, listen, we cannot stop 
speaking because we have a purpose you will become an unstoppable force for god if you learn to live with a purpose but you will be like a dry leaf if you do not have a purpose swayed by the wind if the wind blows from the east to the west you will also go along with that if you do not have a purpose but if you have a goal you will say like what paul the apostle said i strain towards what is ahead i'm running towards the goal i'm running to win the prize paul says i do not run like a like somebody who is running aimlessly i do not fight like a boxer fighting in the air but i am running to win the goal i'm running so that i can win the prize church this is what i want to encourage you live with a purpose live with a purpose turn to the person next to you and say live with a purpose live with a purpose it's just louder i know it's still morning <laughs> some of you are still quite sleepy come on let's say live with a purpose encourage amen see each one of us have to live with a purpose if god has given us something we have to stay in it and how do we live with a purpose we have to stay disciplined and second what do we have to do fight the good fight of faith and third strain towards what is ahead of us no matter what has happened in the in the past you see we should never look at our past achievements and think oh i've done something for the lord now let me retire no i've done something in the past that is why paul says i'm forgetting all that is behind and i'm straining towards what is ahead in other words my past achievements do not matter what is ahead of me matters and as a good soldier of christ i'm going to fight to accomplish that purpose be a good soldier for christ not a civilian be rooted in him be grounded in him he is your solid rock and you will see that every purpose that god has put in your life the very reason that god has saved you will come to life when you live in that purpose amen wouldn't we stand up and say lord i need you more than ever we will sing the song called as the deer panteth for the waters so my soul longs for you the key thing about living in that purpose is to live closer to god sometimes it may be difficult sometimes our faith may be challenged sometimes we may feel weak in our life but we still have to live in that purpose amen